Wake up, goddammit. Oh, I know you're tired. Your eyes is getting weary as we go into another week of inconsistently consistent. You just don't know what the fuck is on my mind this week. Damn, what is he going to talk about now? Hello, listener. Inconsistently consistent podcast. I'm Eric, better known as Everything Real is Known. All right, so question why don't ex-cons get a fair shake huh you know person goes to jail they you know they sit in there they do their time whether it was a good crime whether it was a bad crime it don't matter they did their time they did what they had to do and they come out and bam they come out to a world that don't accept them you tell somebody you're felon they act like you got AIDS they act like you got coronavirus. Stay the fuck away from me. Ew, don't touch me. You're always watching them. You, you, you got that family member that you know about that, you know, when they first get out of jail, if you're not cool with them and you ain't seen them in a while, you kind of like, hmm, I don't know. Watch them around the good silverware. Watch them around the good cups. Don't break out the china just yet. Because I ain't for sure if this motherfucker right here might steal something from me. I just don't know. So why don't we give ex-cons a fair shake? Who in the hell knows what they'll become if we was giving them a fair shake in life, right? So soon as they came out of jail, soon as they did their time, they rehabilitated themselves, right? So soon as all of that happened... We gave them a fair shake to be whatever it is that they wanted to do. You know, the second chance to get it right. You know, everybody loves a comeback story. Everybody loves that, you know, that underdog story. But how come ex-cons don't get an under uh, underdog story? Why don't ex-cons or felons get an underdog story? Why is it so fucked up for them when they go through the system, they can't come out and get a fair shake at life? Why do we look at them different as if they dirty, like they, you know, disgusting, you know? How come we just can't get him a fair motherfucking chance? That's right. I'm talking about the movie Talk To Me, starring Don Cheeto playing his role as Waldo Petey Green. Famous activist, radio host, con, felon, miscreant, <laughs> Whatever you want to call him, the man was Petey Green on the scene, gave it to you straight like it is. And I loved him for that. You know, matter of fact, when I got done seeing this movie, right? Because I caught it late. I ain't catch it right in 2007. I'm going be, to be honest. I ain't go right out to the movies and catch that shit when it was in theaters. I should have. You know what I'm saying? But this, this, this was the time that I was still, you know what I'm saying... I'm, I, I was in my Tom Cruise phase. I wasn't thinking about Don Cheeto like that. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't looking at him as a great actor. I was just looking at him like, you know, okay, Hotel Rwanda, all right. Seen bits and pieces of it. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know his chops. But man, when I seen this movie, I was absolutely blown away to the fact that I... Kept it in my arsenal and re-watches it. I re-watched the movie. 
a whole lot because the story, right? It is that underdog story. But this is about a con. This is about a hustler. This is about somebody that's cool. Who you wanted to be. You wanted to say the shit that he said, but you was too scared to say it. This was Petey Green and Don Cheeto body bodied this role right after seeing this movie i went to my mom and i said um what, what do you know about uh waldo Petey green what what do you know obviously at that time she was like I, I mean i really i heard about him but i don't really know nothing about him that much you know so i told her about the movie and she was like yeah i seen it it was a really good movie but she don't know that i walked away from that conversation thinking one of these days, I'm going to be like Petey Green. <laughs> I'm going to tell it like a T.I. motherfucking is. But, I mean, for whatever reason, I got away from that, right? So I start telling stories through my music, right? I start getting more comfortable with the microphone. And I start opening up my mind a little bit more, right? So these stories that flow through my music, it was kind of in the same realm of this underdog that, you know, I wanted to, you know, want to get on the mic and show show what I could do, you know? I'm going to try to be like Petey Green or Don Cheeto for that matter. But like I said, it led me here, right? To where I'm actually doing a podcast where I'm actually, you know, on the mic talking my shit and just having fun with it and just being who I am to you, right? So I bring that up because, okay, this episode is near and dear to me because the, some of the things that happened in this movie, it's, listen, it don't just star Don Cheeto. It's, it's a bunch of A-list actors in this movie as well. And this time, I'm not just gonna brush over the A-list actors. I'm, I'm gonna name them off because it's, it's quite a few, you know? I'm, I'm gonna give them they credit because again, who they played in their role definitely cemented this story so you got don cheeto which is i mean he plays pd green right you got shy Wettel, i'm probably butchering the shit out of his name but this guy plays dewey hughes <sighs> phenomenal phenomenal actor as well you got mike epps who plays don cheeto's uh brother no shit i'm fucking that up no he plays uh, Dewey Hughes's brother and he's in jail with Petey Green my bad fuck that up a little bit but I'm excited right I'm excited about these actors you got Taraji P Henson who plays um his uh wife girlfriend slash whatever <laughs> whatever his boot thing you know what I'm saying Petey Green's boot thing um you got Cedric the Entertainer oh my god it's just so many actors that played their part in this movie, right? So I want to touch on what I started the episode with, right? About ex-cons actually getting a fair shake, right? I want to I want to start there and I want to go back there because it's kind of like this story is not just about Petey Green being on the microphone and saying whatever, being one of the first shock jocks. Um, it's not just about him being who he was on the mic as much as it is a brother type of story, right? It was two guys that came together and they did something magnificent, right? So, okay. Now, 
I have a brother, okay? And my brother has done some time, okay? You know, he's did his time. He gave back to society for what he did. You know, should he have been punished as long as he was for what he did? Fuck no. And I say that only because some of those charges that he got was like drug charges, right? But then you motherfuckers turn around. I'm talking about USA, not you, the listener. <laughs> so don't get it twisted. USA turns around and legalizes marijuana. It's, 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 this game is so fucking crooked, right? So he spends all this time away from us, right? He comes back. We love him the same. You know what I'm saying? We ask him about his experiences, what happened in jail, because there was a few things that happened there. You know, he comes and stays with me. We have, we have a bond, right? But in this movie, right, I parallel it to my life because in this movie, right, when I was younger, I wanted to do and say the shit my brother was saying. Oh, this motherfucker was so slick and sly and smooth and he could just, you know, come into a room and, and still to this day, he still can come into a room, have a conversation with a perfect stranger and act like they were the best of friends. I'm not sure that I can do that just yet. I'm working on it. I'm getting, I'm building up my confidence to be able to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I'm going to act like we've been friends forever. How in the fuck you did? No, it don't work like that for me. But for my brother, long as he can find something that's in common with that person, they act like they're the best of friends, right? But again, this guy comes out of jail and he is looking to turn his life around, right? He comes out of jail, looking to turn his life around, and he's shut down. Or if he does get a job, right, he is mistreated. And I know you guys have seen this shit in other movies where the con is just mistreated, uh, talked to like they're not shit, you know, talked to like they're a fucking animal or whatever. They can obey. You better do this. So I'm going to call your parole officer type shit, you know. And after being in jail and being told what to do constantly, you got to think about that mentally, right? So what is that doing to him mentally? He comes through jail, gets through, right? Because jail ain't no easy stint. You know what I'm saying? You don't just sit there and it's like fucking vacation, right? So he gets all, all the way through that and then comes out of jail. And when he comes out of jail, he is treated uh, like he's still in prison, so to speak, you know, because he's still kind of like isolated, right? Because nobody wants to really fuck with him except for his friends, which his friends end up being some cons as well. But this is what he knows for so many years. So you got to think about that in, in the, I guess, the grand scope of things, right? So he did something. Yes, he paid his debt to society, yada, yada, yada. But again, he shouldn't have never been, he shouldn't have never been there. But on the other end of the spectrum, he got caught. So, <laughs> so when you get caught, this is what happens. You know, it, it is consequences to shit that you do, right? So in this movie, Mike Epps and Dewey Hughes, right? Dewey, Dewey goes and visits his brother. And upon visiting his brother, he's not impressed. But his brother reaches out to him and tells him, hey, it's this guy that comes across the radio and he got the whole jail buzzing. He got the, mm, let me let me rephrase, not the jail. He got the whole prison buzzing because he was locked up. He was in prison. Yes, there is a difference between jail and prison, if you didn't know. Okay, 
So, <laughs> so he he's buzzing about this guy, and his brother is his brother Dewey, right? Dewey works for WKO, I think is the radio station. And he's kind of high up. For a black man, he's kind of high up. Because you got to remember, this movie is set in like the 70s, okay? So, you know, you got a lot of shit going on. We just coming from the civil rights movie. It, it, it's a lot going on, you know what I mean? So here it is. Dewey is in a high up ranking position at this radio station where he does have a, you know, blue blazers. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who plays Blue Blazers is a great actor as well, is uh, <laughs> over Dewey. And, you know, they're trying to get more listeners. So Dewey takes it upon himself to go visit his brother to go see exactly what his brother is talking about. Right. But he doesn't come visit him that much. And when he visited him, once again, the conversation is like, you need some money. What do you need? What is it that you need now? God, you getting on my motherfucking nerves. Just sit in here and do your time and leave us all the fuck alone. But you but you, you, you understand you can't do that, right? Because that's isolating him. That's taking him away from his family. Everybody that he's known for years. And it's so fucking weird, right? I understand my brother in some instances when he breaks this shit down, you know? When he breaks this shit down, it's like him telling us, hey, you know, when I went away, I'm away from y'all right? But I'm not dead. Y'all can still come visit me. Y'all could drop some shit off. Shoot a motherfucker a letter. That type of shit to let you know, hey, I'm still thinking about you. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Those times that he did time, I probably could have wrote a lot more than I did. You know, I, I guess I took the situation for granted because here's how I kind of felt. Rich, which this movie kind of changed my thought pattern about, you know, people that's in jail or people that you love that's in jail. Changed my thought pattern to, you know, when I first, when he first was going to jail, I looked at it as like this. My brother's not here. And I'm getting fucked with at school. Now, let's back it up. My brother can fight really, really well. Okay. Never had any boxing or physical training or anything like that. But he can fight really, really well. Okay? So, <laughs> so in a sense, when I was, you know, when I was younger, he was my bodyguard. Or if someone talked shit to me, my favorite words was, I'm going to go get my brother. My brother going to kick your ass. <laughs> I would always go get him. So, when he started to go to jail, I lost my bodyguard, right? I, I could no longer just say, hey, I'm going to go get my brother. My brother going to kick your ass. <laughs> that was out of the window, okay? So I kind of was pissed off at him for a while because I'm like, why did you do all this shit, you know? And, and you left me. I'm just speaking on a personal basis. I'm not, I'm not going to speak for the rest of my family. I'm just going to speak for me. So... I felt like, why did you leave me? You left me, and I felt a certain way about that. You know what I'm saying? Because I got picked on, because I got fucked with, because I got bullied. I felt like, damn, why you leave me, bro? You know what I'm saying? Why you leave me out here? And it wasn't, you know, again, I love my brother to death, but it wasn't just one time. It was multiple times that he went to jail. And uh, that's how I felt, right? But again, it, it it's the same thing. Letters, 
money on my books, you know, make sure I'm good while I'm in here. Y'all love me, don't you? <laughs> so that's what his thought was, right? He wasn't, he, his thoughts was, damn, yeah, I, you know, I messed up. I'm serving my time, but don't forget about me. And then in a sense, we kind of did for some of the times that he was gone. You know what I mean? Shout out to my mom, because she kept in touch with him, letters, the whole night. What a mom is supposed to do. You know, if, you, if you're a mom or a father out there, you're going to keep that communication open with your child, whether they're in jail, whether they fucked up or not. You're going to keep that communication open. Siblings, it's a little bit different, you know. But shout out to my moms. She kept in touch with him, made sure he knew what was going on, right? But back to this movie, right? So Mike Epps is explaining to Dewey, hey, I got this guy. And he's really, really funny. Got the prison buzzing. And I think he would be great on you guys' morning show, right? So Dewey is like, why in the fuck would you tell me about somebody that's in prison? I can't do anything with them. There's, I don't have no fucking line to the prison that, you know, I can get this guy on, on the radio station every morning so he can, you know, help the drivers that are going to work in the morning. Like, why would you tell me about this? Dewey proceeds to get up and he leaves. Right. And Mike Epps is like, you know, whatever. Don't do me no fucking favors. So that was it. But he ends up having an interaction with Petey Green in jail. And so Petey is like, hey, man, hey, radio man, you you hear me? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Your brother been telling me about uh, telling telling you about me. And he's like, yeah, 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 I heard. And he's like, well, I'm a, you know, what I'm saying when I get out of here, I'm, I'm going to come work for you. And Dewey thinks it's a joke because he thinks that Petey's never getting out of jail. So he's like, yeah, look me up when you get out. And he's like, hell yeah, all right, cool. And so he concocts a scheme to get out of jail. This is how the story starts. But he doesn't get his fair shake soon as he gets out, right? So we're talking about the fair shake, and we're talking about how people just don't get fair shakes. Now, did he come up there to the radio station after he got out with you know, a, 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 <laughs> a great approach, you know, had his resume in his hand and was, you know, had his suit on and everything like that. Hell no. He came to the radio station and started a ruckus because this is what he knew. He knew how to be big, bad, loud, slick, a con. He knew how to do, this is what he knew how to do. But he also had a gift to be able to get on the microphone and talk his shit. Long as he wasn't constricted by any type of doors and constricted by any type of uh, thing that would be put in his way, right? So he he needs to be kind of like a free bird to do whatever he wants to do, right? And us as the people... Right. So in this movie, he, he, you know, he's trying to get his chance. But us as the people, we got to be able to give them their chance to be able to be free to see what they'll become. I have no doubt in my mind. Right. I have no doubt in my mind. Right. This is talking about my life. I have no doubt in my mind. And I tell my brother all the time. Right. I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be someone great. He's going to be someone influential. He just needs to get out of his own way and let all of the motherfucking doors open. Be free, right? Once he gets that concept and once he understands that concept, oh, watch out. Because if you like me, wait until you meet him. 
here enjoying the show, but we gotta pay some bills. Period. This season of Inconsistently Consistent is brought to you by Weird Clothing Company. Weird has really took off. I remember telling my friends and family that I wanted to start a clothing line. And they gave me their blessings, but I needed a lot more than their blessings to get everything up and running. Through blood, sweat, and tears, yes, real tears, I struggled day and night trying to show everyone what I seen in my brand weird. Even going as far as giving it away because I couldn't sell it. What I had to understand is patience. It wasn't my time yet. Look, it's still a lot that I need to learn about having a clothing brand and the responsibility behind the word weird. But at least I'm not alone. The whole world is watching weird and weird is watching the world. This is an anti-bullying statement, movement, but best of all, it's a brand. Pick up yours today at weirdclothingcompany.com. Now back to the show. It's just, I know it, I have a feeling. I'm just waiting on the right timing and he's definitely doing his thing, you know? I'm waiting on the right timing for him to pop and blossom and grow, right? Because, and and this is me, right? Because everybody in their family, they got somebody like that and they, and they you know, they, they don't try to stand in their way, right? So right now my brother works um, in landscaping and irrigation, right? I'm, I'm shameless plug. I'm plugging his business, okay? SNK Landscaping and Irrigation. Boy's bad, okay? He's really good. But here's the thing. He didn't start there, okay? My brother was one of the coldest basketball players that I've ever seen, okay? And, and here's the thing. You t- a lot of people talk about Spud Webb, right? They talk about how short he was, but this, this guy was a great basketball player, right? My brother was like Spud Webb mixed with fucking Michael Jordan. Now, just, just if you, my, my sports heads out there, like if you really know what I'm talking about, who Spud Webb is and who Michael Jordan is, well, of course you know who Jordan is, but Spud, <laughs> Spud Webb, you know, for my real heads, and if you're not, look look this guy up, right? It was, my brother was Spud Webb mixed with Michael Jordan. He was good. But the opportunities just wasn't there. And he had this mindset that, again, he can get over, he can con, he can talk his way through, he can slick. He's just always had that mentality ever since he was young, you know, so... I talk about that because, again, coming out of prison, what opportunity would he have had, right, to go to the league or to go play basketball? They would have looked at him like, hey, you're a troublemaker. Fuck no. We're not putting you on here. You would have got kicked out. Just like when he goes and fills that application, and I hate this question, by the way, are you a felon or not? Why is that? What what the fuck does that matter if I was a felon or not? I'm here now. I can work. I'm going to do a great ass job. What does that matter? Long as it's not like, you know, I didn't kill nobody or nothing like that. You know, And even in that situation, you might have did the shit on mistake. But again, right? So I hate this question on applications when you're filling it out. Are you a felon? 
Have uh, do you have any felonies? I hate these questions because what the fuck does it matter? If I can do the job, what does it matter? Right. So the minute they the minute these people see that that check mark or yes, and you say what you did, you're written off. No, you're not going to get this job. And I've seen and I've heard stories from my brother when he comes home working at other companies where he's treated like shit. Right. He's treated like shit on these jobs because he's a felon and he just got out or he's on parole. And so back to this movie, I bring that up because it's so, there's so many parallels to my life into this, right? So uh, to this movie, I should say. So again, here he, he gets out, Petey Green gets out, he shows up at the radio station and he causes a ruckus, right? And <laughs> Dewey is not expecting this guy at all. So he's like, what the fuck do you think? You know, what, what are you thinking? You can't just come up in here and just expect for me to give you a job. I could probably get you a job as a janitor. And Petey Green is like, hey, I don't do no motherfucking floors. I'm a radio man. That's where I need to be. That's where I shine. And shout out to him because he didn't stop, right? He didn't stop and just say, okay, Dewey, I'll take the job as the janitor and I'll work my way up to the radio. I'll work my way to the mic because he knew that he would never get a fair shake and a fair chance because of his background. So he gets his chance. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to spoil it for you. He gets his chance at getting on the mic. And <laughs> I'll be honest, he fucked up. <laughs> he was being himself, but the world wasn't ready for him at that time. So he was being himself. He's, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to spread his wings, but he was spreading his wings at the wrong time. Right? So goes on and again this movie shows how great pd was on the radio how you know he can come up with jokes on the spot he talked about himself this is now paralleling to my life to right now right i've always said if there was anything that i was going to do no i take that back no i take that back it wasn't until i came to a crossroad with my adult self right because when I was younger and I was doing music, I never, I never really told my story through music, right? I never told my story. I always hid behind and never really told what was really going on, anything that I was going through. I always hid behind it, okay? So as an adult, when I, like I said, when I came to this crossroad and when I really start to think, about what I was actually doing, right? I told myself, and maybe this movie played a big role, you know, because anytime that I would be sitting at a nine to five or sitting at a job and um, I would try to watch this movie or I would try to sneak and play this movie on my phones or whatever, or, you know, back in the day, I had a little portable DVD player, but th this movie wasn't out at that point in time. But my point is, is I would get this movie and I would let this movie be embedded in my brain. Like, hey, your wings ain't spread, buddy. You need to 
spread your wings and do what the fuck it is there that you're supposed to do. Get on the right path. And for some people, it's hard for them to figure that path out. So I'm not I'm not discounting or doubting anybody who hasn't found their niche or found out what they what they want to do. But it's not here's here's the here's the key, right? It's not just about you finding your niche. It's also about you finding your niche and being true to yourself, right? Because anybody could come up with a niche, but if it's not them and if they're not being true to themselves, nine times out of 10, it's not going to work. There's one more, one more ingredient that needs to go into that pot is patience. Right, because everything is not going to pop off soon as you do it. It's only a few motherfuckers in the world where they do something and it pop off soon as they do it. You know, is 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 um, me, um, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Bernie Mac. It's only a few of us. You know, it's only a few of us that can. You know, soon as we soon as we do it, it pops. <laughs> I like motherfucker, but <laughs> it's work and it's patience. You know what I mean? It's patience. You gotta, you gotta have patience with it. So, uh, him spreading his wings and trying to do him at first didn't work in this movie. But as time goes on, doing him is exactly what he needed to do. And Dewey was the person that can get him in that position to where he could talk his shit. And Petey Green was the person who was talking his shit that Dewey wanted to talk his shit like. So it kind of was a balancing act, right? And it's even said in this movie, it's a balancing act. And I look at my brother, right? And he's able to walk into a room and feel the room where he's the center of attention, okay? But he looks at me and what I'm doing, and I'm able to get into places where he's not welcome, right? So it's kind of the same concept, right? So in this movie, Petey Green said the shit that Dewey really wanted to say but was scared. And Dewey got into places that Petey Green could never imagine seeing himself at, right? He was just a little radio guy in the prison. That's where his start was at. He was just a little guy. But he kept working at it. He kept, you know, spreading his wings a little more, a little more, a little more until the world loved him. And if you're, if, you know, if you're not someone who knows about who Petey Green is, I would urge you, urge you to do your Googles and do, you know, do your Googles and do your YouTubes. Find out who this guy is. And if, and if you don't want to do the research, then just watch this movie to kind of get an understanding of who he was. Oh, so outspoken and just spoke his mind. Right. So that's that, that's that's the point that I wanted to get back to is that this movie and anything that I was doing going forward. Right. When I hit my crossroad, 
I was going to be honest. I was going to be open. I was going to uh, tell you my story, you know, and be open and be truthful about my story and let you know where I was at at certain points in my life. I was going to share my story. And it, and man, it took a lot for me to get to that point to where I was, you know, sharing my story and telling you all what my story was about. Because for so many years, I hid who I kind of really was and, you know, didn't really want the world to know. I just, look, I wanted to pop and do what I wanted to do. I wanted to pop off, okay? I wanted to be this guy, this made-up character. <laughs> I wanted to be this made-up character that got paid and got money, you know, for acting out a part, okay? But those are what you call actors. And I'm not an actor. Right. As much as I would love to get into showbiz and be an actor and do what they do, I, I'm not there yet. OK, but. This will allow me to be open, honest, truthful, share my story, share my thoughts right with you all, the listener. And this movie talked to me. And seeing Don Cheeto play this role of an iconic figure helped me tell my story in so many different ways and be honest and be truthful and not hold back and say whatever the fuck I wanted to say. This movie was a milestone for me in opening my eyes to what's really out there. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced and recorded by me. I'm the only one behind the scenes making this podcast happen. So listening and spreading the word will be greatly appreciated. Look, this episode was huge for me. I want to personally, okay? I don't do this a lot, but I want to personally give my family, my brother, um, my mom, my dad, my nephew, my niece, um, my sister, both my sisters, I don't give you guys enough um, flowers while you're here right now. So I definitely want to do that now. I want to give you your flowers right now. And if I'm missing anybody, um, my cousin April, my cousin Kim, my cousin Cherie, Tony. Um, goodness gracious. I know I'm forgetting a whole bunch of people in this shout out. And look, if you, my, my cousin George, um, his beautiful wife. Oh my God, I, I'm probably missing a lot of people that deserve props in this um, shout out right now. But I feel like I don't give my family enough flowers. You know, I talk about my wife, I talk about my kids. Um, I talk about myself a lot, you know, in, in this in this episodes and, you know, in just kind of inconsistently consistent. I talk about me in general, <laughs> but for real, for real, like I'm not going to take anything away from them because they actually made me who I am today. They're the reasons why you get who you get when I'm on the mic right now. They're the reasons behind that. Yes, I have a lot of talent that comes behind that, that has just drove me and pushed me. But truthfully and honestly, I know with this episode, I'm real as a heart attack. I really, really, really want to give my brother 
his fucking flowers because this dude has been through a lot in his amount of years that he's been on this earth and i also want to give my props and my flowers and my shout out to my mom because she put up with our badasses <laughs> and all the shit that we have put her through over these years and 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 i'm you know what same goes for my stepdad um but i don't even want to call him my stepdad because he like he like he's my father like he raised me you know what i mean he stepped in when my dad really didn't i guess didn't or couldn't step in at the at that point in time that's another story but i want to give all of them their props my sister as well i mean just for you know <laughs> always looking at me as the baby brother i'll never i'll never be old i'll never be a grown person in her eyes i'm always gonna be a baby but i definitely want to give them their props because i don't and i don't give them enough of their flowers for putting up with my irrational ass like i am very irrational i am very off the wall i'm very off the cuff you know i'm a cry baby too i cry a lot i try not to <laughs> because my wife cries for me now but again <laughs> that's another story but um i i don't give my family enough props and i just want to take this time to definitely tell my brother and tell my mother my father my sister my nephew my niece listen whatever it is that you guys are into keep fucking pushing we're going to make it we're going to do whatever it is that we want to do whether it's fame or not or whether it's reaching the stars or not and if and if you out there as my listener if you don't give your family enough props and you don't give them enough flowers take some time to give them some flowers man because they probably put up with your ass so <laughs> and whoever you are and everybody ain't perfect but um once again uh you can support the podcast by donating to my cash app um, just search dollar sign inconsistently inside of the cash app. Thank you to the people who have donated to the show. I really appreciate that. Um, if you want to follow the show and you want to support the show um, on a monthly basis, Anchor FM has made it super simple and super easy. So if you go to Anchor FM and you search inconsistently consistent, I'm going to pop up and you have an option to support the show. Uh, just so you can keep getting this content, these jewels, and this, you know, the story about my life. Because I ain't done. I mean, I got a lot of shit I can talk about, right? So, Anchor FM has made it super easy for you to support the show as well. Um, links are always in the description of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I'm sure your ears to thank your brain later. Inconsistently consistent. I'm out. This episode of Inconsistently Consistent is produced and recorded by Eric G. Polk, a.k.a. Everything Real is Known. This is a Weird Recordings production. <laughs>